0: So I hope your Lent is uh, going well. Uh, Let's continue to pray for each other. What a beautiful way of loving one another to pray that our Lent is richly blessed. And perhaps like me, maybe a lot of our Lents reveal just how weak we are. And that is not a bad Lent as long as that weakness takes us to God and helps us to rely more on the Lord than on ourselves. That's a good Lent if it reveals our weakness so the power of God can be further revealed. So I want to take a moment to welcome uh, the visitors that have joined us here this morning. God bless you. We always enjoy having you here with us and we hope you'll come back and join us another time. So again, what a gift it is for us to be together here this morning. This is the highlight of my week, to be with you in the celebration of Mass and to be gathered around this altar and to be nourished by the word of God and by the gift of Jesus to us in the Eucharist. What is the word that our Heavenly Father would love us to take into our hearts this morning and take into our week? What is that word that the Father wants us to hear? Let's just take a moment and ponder these readings that have been given to us. As I prayed with them earlier in the week, I noticed that there are two revelations unfolding at once, running parallel to each other. Now clearly, what we see in the first reading is how the heart of Abraham is being revealed through this test. The biblical view of testing is all throughout the Bible, and the main purpose of the things in life that test us is to reveal the heart to reveal a person's love, faithfulness, devotion, humility, and other biblical traits. But we also know from the Scriptures and from our own experience how testing can also reveal areas of sin that may be hidden areas of weakness, areas of blindness, deep inner wounds yet to be healed, and imperfections that need to be purified. This is the purpose of testing. And so, to appreciate the faithfulness that God was cultivating in the heart of this dear man, Abraham. Let's just kind of take in this whole picture of this man's life. Let's remember that God called him at 75 years old. At that age, a person is well-established in a place. He was married to Sarah. He had all his flocks. And God called him and his wife and his nephew Lot and his family to just pick up and leave and to become sojourners in a land unfamiliar for God to point out the place, the land he would promise to give him and his descendants. Abraham and Sarah were childless, and at 75 years old, they were not expecting that to change anytime soon. But God promised Abraham and Sarah a son. And through that son, Abraham's descendants would expand to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And off he goes. God did not fulfill that promise until Abraham was a hundred years old. Whoa. (laughs) That is a lot of trust, faith, and surrender. But how far does Abraham's faithfulness to God, his trust, how far will it go? So it says he was tested again. This time now Isaac is born, and he's a, he's a boy of some years, and God says to him, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son of the promise, whom you love, and I want you to offer him to me in sacrifice. Can you imagine what this was like? And Abraham was willing to make the sacrifice. Of course, God would not allow it to be completed. God was completely against that. But this was a test. And Abraham's faithfulness went that far. The test revealed his heart of how much he trusted God and believed that even if Abraham died, this is in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that Abraham believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead. This is in the letter to the Hebrews chapter 11. Read that. But what's also being revealed is the heart of God, of how faithful God is to us. And all throughout history, all the many times that God's children are unfaithful, God proves His faithfulness every single time. And it goes as far as what Paul mentions In this letter to the Romans. And here we see a connection between this and the story of Abraham. If God the Father was willing to not even spare His only Son for our sake, who gave Himself up for us, how much more will God give us everything that we need in Christ. That's how far God's faithfulness was willing to go. We can even say that God is faithfulness. God will never take back His love, but will be faithful in His love and mercy even to the death of His Son on the cross. This is beautifully revealed in the life of our patron, Saint Peter. Jesus tested Peter, and we find out that Peter did not know himself, although Jesus knew him very well. Peter was blind to his pride, his self-reliance. He did not realize of how fearful he was of human opinion and how cowardly he was. And so at the Last Supper, he said, even if all these other disciples deny you, Lord, I will never deny you. I will even give my life for you. And then during the Passion of Christ, Peter's heart was tested. And let us notice how faithful Jesus is to this man, to understand how faithful Jesus is to us in the moments of our testing. Right as Peter denied the Lord the last time and the cock crowed twice, it says in Luke's Gospel that Jesus was right there Jesus made sure that he would be right there at that moment, and it says that their eyes met. Can you imagine the look of compassion, of mercy and love in the the eyes of Jesus looking at Peter? And Peter met that gaze, and his heart broke he realized now what he was. He was not a strong man. He was not humble. And he was not relying on the Lord. And so in that humiliation, he realized the truth. But he was met with the merciful, faithful gaze of Jesus. And he went out and wept bitterly. But Jesus would test his heart again. After these moments of healing, of revealing, and of purifying Peter's heart, what would Peter do at the end of his life? He would be then able to give his life for Jesus. Through all kinds of tests, God grew his love, deepened his humility, and strengthened his dependence on the Lord. And he was crucified upside down. Testing is a gift. And my friends, our life, as we know, is one test after another. Why did God not allow my childhood dream to be fulfilled. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be one of those rock stars that everybody talks about who can't wait to go out and buy the next album. I mean, whatever. That was back in my day. (coughs) Albums. Now when I look back, I know that God did not allow that, probably because to save my soul. We see what often happens to the rich and the famous. I'm glad God did not allow that to happen. But then I set my heart on marriage, and I was even engaged to be married at 25. I thought, this is my life. And then God made it clear with this dear woman that this marriage would not be what he wanted for us. And so we called off the engagement. And again, God is testing my heart. Will I still believe that God has a plan for my life? Will I still trust God with my life? And I thought, okay, God, it's not her. It's probably someone else. And then things started to change so radically. Within a year and a half, now I feel drawn and called to be a priest. I didn't see that one coming. What if God's plan is different than ours? Test it. Will we still trust God? Will we still believe? Will we stay faithful and devoted? And again, God was stretching my heart even though I struggled so many times. But now to be a priest, you need a college education. And I did not have one. So off to college I went, signed up for Uh, classes at St. Thomas. I didn't even last the semester. I burned out completely and had to drop out. God, what are you doing? I thought you were calling me to be a priest. And again, being tested, How far will Stephen go in his trust and faith in me? And so I got a job, and I wanted to work with people. So I I got a certificate to be a CNA, a nursing assistant. And I got a job at a nursing home, a Catholic one, and I was in the memory care unit, and I absolutely loved it. And I loved the people that I served. And I felt I could be a CNA for the rest of my life, just giving my life for these dear people. Within a year, I injured my back and was on light duty for a couple weeks. I went in to get my check, and they said, sorry, we can't keep you. I walked out without a job. Days later, I'm applying for unemployment. Testing, testing. Revealing my heart. Stretching my heart. Purifying my heart. And all because God can bring good out of every single test. And what God wants... He does not promise worldly success. He does not promise an abundance of the things of this world. What God wants for you and I is salvation. And every test is purifying and preparing our soul to step over from this life into the life of eternity. We're like the face of Jesus in the Gospel. Scripture says, we will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. So as we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, which is another way of Jesus saying, I am with you. I will never leave you. I am faithful to you unto death and the times of testing that you will experience this week. I'm going to be with you. And like Jesus prayed for Peter at the Last Supper, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith will not completely fail so that when you recover, you can turn and strengthen your brothers. Jesus is going to pray for us. He's going to be there with us in the moments of testing this week. And if we fail, His mercy will be right there to pick us up and forgive us. And if we are victorious, we will know that it's Him, and we will be so grateful. Amen.